What's up, everybody? Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Hope everybody had a great one. We're back at it again. Took some time off. Uh, had some guests lined up that we had to push back, so I figured I'd just wait. Uh, get you guys an episode for the new year to get things rolling. We're going to have some guests. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun stuff coming going forward. Uh, so New Year's just passed. Today's the 4th. You guys will see this on the 7th, 7th or 8th, 7th. Um, yeah, so let's talk about it. Uh, Christmas was really cool. Um, everybody got big gifts. Uh, it was the first time where I was able to just not worry about money and go all out. And, and that was new for me because usually on Christmases, we were always scrounging up money to get the gifts that the kids wanted because I was spending all my money on drugs and it was very refreshing to be able to just give my kids what they wanted and surprise the shit out of my wife. Uh, I got my littlest kid a power wheel. Uh, I got my oldest uh, a gaming computer among other toys and all kinds of other stuff. And I was able to do something I've always wanted to do since I've been married to my wife was buy her a new car. I bought her a new car, a, a Dodge Journey, and surprised her on Christmas. I had the thing for like three weeks. Uh, she had no clue whatsoever. Went down three weeks before Christmas and uh, bought the car, and then I hit it at a friend's shop and Christmas Eve. So <laughs> Christmas Eve was funny. We went to the mother-in-law's and did like the Christmas Eve thing there where the kids open their gifts, whatever gifts she got us, we get and we eat and stuff and then Christmas is usually at our house for the beginning of the day and then later in the day we go to my father-in-law's and then after that it's just come home and relax so Christmas Eve we get home from the mother-in-law's and the kids are super excited of course the youngest one is so tired that he can't help but fall asleep right away but my oldest who's 11 will not go to sleep like me and my wife are watching a Netflix show on, on the couch and we're just like, he needs to freaking go to sleep. Like I'm going to fall asleep if he doesn't fall asleep. Like we're getting so tired waiting so we can go wrap all the presents. And I go in there and I'm like, Hey, you need to go sleep. And he's like, I can't sleep. I'm too excited. And da, da, da. and I, it's funny. Cause like, I remember that feeling like it was always so hard to go to sleep on Christmas Eve because you knew like you had presents in the morning. So you're just sitting there constantly your brain's going crazy thinking of what I'm going to get, what is Santa going to bring me, this, that. And it was just funny to see that. And I haven't seen him like that on past Christmases. I can't really remember seeing him like that. I think as he gets older, uh, he gets more mature gifts and stuff like that. So it's more looking forward for, to him. Um, so he finally passed out, I think, around 10, 30, 11. And me and the wife were like, all right, let's go get to it. I had like... 10 freaking Amazon boxes in the garage that we had to sneak into the room that had all the gifts in them and we were wrapping everything I had to build a freaking computer desk and that took me like 45 minutes to build and then once that was done we, we finished wrapping all the toys and stuff and so I bought my son a, a gaming computer and I hid the computer in my closet because I didn't want like the moisture I don't know it was even relevant to do so, but the moisture and stuff in the garage, like I didn't want it to like get into the box and potentially mess it up. So I hid it in my closet. Well, one day the kids were playing hide and seek like a week or two before Christmas. 
and my youngest hid in there and when my my oldest found him like he saw the computer box and, and I had it covered with like a, a old jacket and like a bunch of just random stuff and I walk in the room and I see it just plain as day like right there in the middle of the closet like it was uncovered because they went in there and were messing around so I get all mad I'm like son of a bitch like now he knows so like he's like tiptoeing I could tell that he wants to say something but he can't say something because he thinks it's for him and so I had to like mess with him and I was like I was like hey did you see that gift in the closet and he's like yeah I'm like I'm like you guys can't go in there you have to keep that cover that's mommy's gift for Christmas because their computer sucks and I seen him just kind of like oh okay like okay sorry you know duh, duh. so he doesn't think it's his like immediately took the you know the wind out of his cells so on Christmas Eve, I took the computer out of the computer box and put a gift for my wife. I got her slippers or something, and I put the put them in the big old box that that was what that was the computer box. So he thought when she opened that that she got the computer. And then we had another big box that I had laid the computer in and and all that. So we had him open that last. And uh, so he was completely like blown back. Didn't didn't see that coming. He thought I tricked. He, I, I fully tricked him. And that was that was funny to see, and uh, they got a big old RC car, like a little Polaris Razor RC car. It's pretty cool. Bunch of Godzilla and King Kong toys and Spider-Man toys and the whole nine yards. My wife got me a ton of shirts and pants, and which was awesome because I have like no no new clothes for like the last six years. Um, what else was there? So yeah, like we finished all that, and then. So after I box that, I'm like, all right, now I got to go out there and build this freaking power wheel. So I tiptoe out there at like, I think it was 12 o'clock. And I start taking this big old huge power wheel box, start taking it apart and pulling everything out as quiet as I can be. And I'm building this thing and, and like props to power wheels. Like they, they, they build a pretty simplistic, you know, power wheel little truck. Like the one he got is a Jurassic Park Jeep. And it was fairly, like, everything was pretty, like, just looking at it, common sense on where the stuff goes, putting it together. But there were so many screws. There was, like, 120 freaking screws for this thing. So I'm, like, going super slow, trying, like, I didn't use a ratchet because I didn't want the ratcheting sound to wake them up. Every time I dropped a screw, I'd, like, stop in my tracks and, like, listen for a sec to make sure that they didn't hear. And, like, it was, like, the most nerve-wracking thing ever. So I finished building this dang thing, put a big old bow on it. And then the wife fell asleep. So then around like 1.15, I go sneak out to go pick up her new car. And I get over there. And I'm sure you guys saw the little video I made. So I get over there, get the car, bring it back, put the big bow on it when I get here. And um, and yeah. And then I finally get to go to sleep. So then Christmas morning comes and boom. All the, all the joy the, the youngest runs in and he comes in the bedroom and he's like, Daddy, Mommy. We're like, what? He's like, I got a truck. And he's like super jacked about having a power wheel. And Cason's uh, just like, come on, let's open presents. Let's open presents. Because he didn't have anything that was like un unwrapped except for that desk. But he wanted a desk just for like schoolwork and stuff. So he didn't think nothing of it. So he was happy to have the desk, but it wasn't, you know, a power wheel in that sense. So we start opening everything. Jackson is going ballistic. Everything he opens is just like, like one after that, like, all right, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. And he's trying to open Kaysen's gifts with him. Like, everything is exciting to Jackson, my youngest. 
so that was fun. And then we went to the father-in-law's and had uh, had dinner, and then they had more gifts over there. And um, the wife got to drive the new car for the first time, and she's totally in love with the thing, which is makes me so happy because I she's deserved a new car. We both have deserved like a new car for a long time, and I'm happy that it's something I'm comfortable in, and something that she loves and she's comfortable in. And it's like got the full package: heated seats, heated steering wheel backup camera big old 12 inch screen nav serious radio like you name it this thing's got it um super nice car so she, I'm, I'm stoked that she loves it uh and then uh new year's rolled around i had to work so i, I mean i came home from work normal around four o'clock and he just hung out watched tv and went to bed like any other day and then uh went to work the next day saturday happy new year's to everybody you know blah 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 New Year's was, yeah, I mean, I was think I was in bed by 8 o'clock, so, I mean, New Year's, New Year's has never really been a big deal for us, even when we were younger, we never really, never really went out and, like, celebrated it or anything like that, but it was fun, it was a good, good New Year's, and uh, now I'm excited, you know, to move forward in the new year with, you know, all these new things, and, and the, prog the progress I've made in my sobriety, and it was, it felt really good to be sober through the holidays and get to enjoy not only the emotion of it, but just like the, just the eventfulness of everything and not be so, you know, zombied out or, you know, tired or whatever, you know, that the drugs did. And it's really cool. And it's cool looking forward and, and doing this podcast and the support I have got from outside of the podcast and I got sponsors uh, Fashion Nova Men sponsored me or made me an affiliate sponsor I don't know the exact word like I guess it's a sponsorship of the podcast but that's really cool and Public Gift still gives me a support too and, and they posted on their page about my podcast and uh, been people from the UK posted all over Reddit it's really cool like it's cool to see everything and, it, and it's cool to see that my little story which isn't as crazy as other people's stories you know that they go from pain pills to harder pain pills and eventually get on heroin and it's nuts like it's nuts thinking of it like that because my story I know my story is still a story but in my opinion there's such harsher stories out there and you know people don't hear about them because people end up dying from this shit so yeah it was it was nice to stay sober through the holidays and be sober going forward uh my my goals for the new year is, is definitely to continue my road on sobriety um i feel great i haven't had any cravings for for a long time like i can't even remember the last time i thought about doing uh opioids um I feel strong and I'm ready to attack this year and, and keep doing my thing and busting my ass at work and and being the employee that I've already proved that I am and now that I'm sober I feel like I'm even better you know at my work and it's cool it's cool and to be a more present husband and a more present father with my kids and my wife is meant everything to me and if and it feels good to be able to be that person again so I can't wait for what the the new year holds in that regard too. like everything's it's just going to be good um so i can't wait for that i need to get my ass back in the gym and and uh get in shape 
and and I just I just want to have the goal of get in shape so I can eat whatever I want and not become a fat ass. So I, that's definitely a goal. Um, so yeah. Um, other than that, nothing really else going on. Just normal life. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, MAC clinics today, medically assisted treatment clinics. Uh, whether it be like your methadone or Vivitrol or Suboxone or uh, Subitex or whatever. I know not all clinics are shitty clinics or just th there because you're a number on the spreadsheet and you bring in, you know, 1500 bucks a month from your insurance or whether you're paying cash and you pay, you know, 400 bucks every two weeks or 200 bucks every two weeks, whatever the case may be. I've noticed when I went to the clinic, to detox and get clean uh, they started me on methadone to help me get off the to help with the withdrawals and, and get the stuff out of my system and it seemed like I was there for about six weeks and it seemed when I finally came to him like hey like I feel good like I, I started lowering my dose and when I told him that I wanted to start titrating taper down to a lower milligram to eventually just get off they they kept being hesitant with me and it was either the doctor wasn't available or I needed to call back uh, at this time or wait 20 minutes, which would turn into 30, and I couldn't do it because I would go first thing in the morning and then I had to go to work. So it was always something different. And it had never been like that when I was just a normal patient coming in for my treatment. So it started frustrating me. And I had reached out to like a telemedicine doctor to help him to have him help me get off the methadone and it was just night and day like the difference like he was just like yeah this is what you need to do just tell him this tell him this tell him this and I'm like but they're not like my dose was uh it was like 24 milligrams a day of methadone I got it down to 20 and then when I told him I wanted to start titrating uh they took me to 18 and then once I got to 18 they like that's when they kept start messing around with me so my doctor, even though it's not recommended, my other doctor, he was like, he's all, well, get your dose uh, for Saturday and Sunday. And he's like, let's just split it up. I know it's not, you know, scientific or exact, but let's split up that dose of 20 or 18 milligrams to get you off of it within like four or five days. And then if you have withdrawals, you can, I can give you Suboxone to help you with the withdrawals from the methadone. And then you could wean off that or just stop your cold turkey and you should be all right so I we did that I got my dose for Saturday Sunday because they would give you take-home medicine so Friday I would go and take my dose of methadone and then they would uh, give me two doses for Saturday and Sunday so I told them Friday like after I got the medicine for Saturday and Sunday I was like I won't be back here and the nurse was like like why what's happening and I told him and he, and he straight up told me he was like yeah bro like He's like, you're better off getting out of this place anyways. He's like, if you have insurance, which I do, he was like, they're just going to try to keep you on and, and, and mess you around until you finally get fed up. And he's like, and good for you that you fed, got fed up quick because most people are scared to cut off their treatment unless they have something else lined up or they just don't care or whatever, you know, and they go relapse. And I'm like, no, I've already reached out to another doctor. Like, he's even saying that this is complete bullshit, that they should be helping me titrate. And, and he's like, yeah, bro, he's like, you're – you're fifteen hundred dollars a month with insurance. He's like, they don't want to lose that money. And you see how many people come in here, and those some people have been coming in for ten years, 
10 years taking methadone and you know and then there's other people that have only been here for six months or people like you who've only been here for a month and a half you know you got to do what feels right for you so i i got those doses and then uh, i went home and i split them up uh with between uh five days and the doctor my new doctor uh prescribed me suboxone he said so after your fifth day of methadone wait about uh 32 to 48 hours and go by the cow scale which is kind of a a scale that tells you like it's like are you are you sweaty are you antsy are you anxious do you have muscle pains uh hot cold flashes and you rate it on like a, a one to five scale like five being bad one being nothing or zero being absolute nothing one being you know whatever and once you get a scale of or a a score of 15 or higher that's when they would want you to take the suboxone to help with getting off the methadone because methadone is just as bad as anything else to get off of so I wing I think I waited I want to say like 28 hours it was almost 30 hours and I scored like a 17 on the cow scale I was just kind of feeling icky and crappy so then I took a dose of suboxone and been fine on that you know, and so that got me off methadone, which was good because I didn't have to go to the clinic every single day. I didn't have to report to them every other day. Uh, I didn't have to deal with their bullshit of trying to titrate down. And my best advice for anybody that's listening that's on drugs, trying to get off drugs, if you're on fentanyl, which is what I was on, was fentanyl, methadone was the best thing for me to do to get off of it. Because if anybody knows how bad withdrawals are with, with fentanyl, it is the most horrible thing in the world so you it's hard to wait you know for 48 hours or 72 hours to take suboxone or take um another medically assisted uh prescription with methadone you can take it right away with mine i had my last fentanyl use was 24 hours before i took methadone and i was i felt better right away and within four days i felt normal I, did, I wasn't, you know, having like, because you still get withdrawals, it's just like, it masks them. And I felt good, felt normal, went to work, did everything fine. And then once the fentanyl was out of my system, I could feel it. Because then you kind of feel the effects of the methadone, which is almost like a euphoria, like same thing as doing pain pills, which is another thing that I didn't like. And I knew I would get stuck on it if I stayed on it. So it, it, it was good to get me through the withdrawals. But once I was done with the withdrawals and I tried to taper off, they started dicking me around. So that's that what the whole story I just told so yes going out suboxone was much better it's much easier much lower dose and I don't even take it every day some days I skip days because I feel fine or I'll take it really really late in the night just to help me sleep so I don't think about it too much um it is still habit forming but I mean I I definitely like oh my success to my sobriety with suboxone maintenance and I would recommend it to anybody that's trying to get sober off opioids so yeah, um, please reach out to me. Reach out to me if you've had these same uh, problems with MAT clinics or any kind of treatment clinics like that because I'd like to hear your guys' stories too. And maybe you could call in and talk to me about it and we could have a conversation about it, about your experience and compare it to other things I've heard and seen. Um, I'd like that. So yeah, you know, call in, message me, DM me, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. So we can talk about it. So yeah, so on to fun stuff. Marvel, Marvel, the Marvel Universe, the MCU. 
So Marvel, with Sony giving Marvel more control over their movies, was the best thing that ever happened. Spider-Man No Way Home, like, blew away any expectations that I had. So leading up to the movie, like, I did, I watched the first trailer and I was already in. Like, boom, I'm in. Here's my ticket. Here's my money. Take, give me a ticket. And when all the speculation started rolling around, like, oh, Toby and Andrew Garfield are going to be in it and this and that, I'm like, ah, eh, well, it's all speculation. Unless I see something definitive from Marvel or Sony saying, like, oh, look at this, you know, I'm not going to buy into it. And and they did such a crazy good job at just denying it till to the death of them. Like, interviews with Toby and Andrew, it's like, no, man, I'm not in that movie. I don't know why everybody keeps saying that. And... Like, that movie was just amazing. Everything from the cameo of Matt Murdock, Daredevil, um, catching the brick in the kitchen was freaking amazing. And that was, like, right at the beginning of the movie, so you're already just, boom, pumped, everybody cheering in the audience. And then the movie goes on, you get Doc Ock, everybody cheering in the audience. Then you get the Green Goblin laugh, and you get him for a split second, and you're like, ah, what the heck, man? And then you see the lizard, and then Electro come. Like, the way they did the movie was just so great. And then uh, when they blew my mind away with that fight scene of uh, Green Goblin, when, when Peter recognizes his spidey sense is going off because the Green Goblin is taking control of Norman and it's not Norman when they're trying to make the antidotes and all the little things. That was probably the coolest fight scene I've ever seen. Like Green Goblin beating the shit out of Spider-Man and just Spider-Man always getting up. Like that was the coolest fight scene. And when Aunt May delivered the with great power there must also be great responsibility line like that was that was it for me they could end the movie right there and I would have been super excited to see what happens next but you know of course that was like the climax of the film right that was the turning point of Spidey is gonna put it have to put his brain brain to work and figure out what's uh what he's gonna do next and the whole scene with uh uh, MJ and Ned in the kitchen when they're like when he starts using the sling ring as soon as you see him you see those big old white eyes and you're like oh that's Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man that's Andrew Garfield and then he hops through and you're just like the whole place went nuts and then Toby comes through whole place erupts again and just everything all the the ability for Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield to turn into that Peter Parker character after so long was so impressive to me and they were just so spot on like, it was the best thing ever. And, yeah, that movie just killed it. Uh, I can't wait for for where they're going to do next in the MCU. The, you got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming out, and that's going to be insane. Who knows what cameos and whatnot they're going to do. You got, I think, Morbius would be the next one. Morbius got moved to April, which is kind of funny that they did that because it moved from January to April. I mean, that's enough time for them to do an Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire cameo to film it in that movie. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe they're just messing with us or they're worried about, you know, box office numbers. I don't know why they would delay it. After seeing Spider-Man being successful in the movies, like, the movies are back. The movies are back. You can go to the movies. So they got Morbius and then uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, Thor 4. That's coming out later this year. That's going to be amazing. Uh, and then you got Wakanda Forever, Black Panther 2. So I'm surprised. To see, I'm, I'm anxious to see what they're going to do with, uh, I 
hope they make Shuri the next Black Panther. That'll be cool because you can't replace Chadwick Bosman. That guy was too good, too spot on in that in that role. So yeah, Marvel's got a ton of fun stuff coming out. Um, then you got DC. DC is doing big things this year too. You got Robert Pattinson's new Batman coming out, or Matt Reeves directed Batman coming out with Robert Pattinson, and it looks awesome. The last trailer they put out, the the cat and the bat trailer, like it looks sick. Like it looks like it's gonna be a badass uh, Batman, and I'm excited to see that. And then you also got Black Adam with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. That's coming out later this year for DC, and that's gonna be insane. And the big movie to me for DC this year is The Flash. The Flash with uh, him doing into the, the Speed Force and, and going to other universes. And they got Michael Keaton coming back as Batman and all this crazy stuff. So I think that movie is going to be their, their Spider-Man No Way Home of 2022. Because it's essentially the same version of, of uh, the multiverse, but DC. So that's that's my DC movie that I really want to see. I mean, the Batman, I want to really see that too. But And then you have Aquaman, I think, towards the end of the year. And that movie's going to be pretty sweet too. So uh, DC hopefully has a good year of movies coming out. And I hope it works out for them because they need to get their multiverse or their DC universe on track. So that way, you know, it's not so confusing all the dang time. So yeah, I'm excited for that. A lot of fun stuff coming out in the movies and Marvel and DC and and you got the shows coming out on HBO Max. Uh, the Peacemaker show is coming out on HBO Max soon. A lot of fun stuff and there's a lot of a lot of other cool shows that are coming out. We just finished uh, The Witcher season two, which was good. Uh, the ending was kind of a bummer. Uh, I, I was I was mad that the season was so short. That that's more more of what I'm bummed about. The season was so short it felt like. And Henry Cavill is just so good as the Witcher. Like, he's, he's so good. So I'm excited to see what season three holds for that in another year, which sucks. Um, you got HBO's original uh, Euphoria with Zendaya, season two coming out on January 14th, I believe. That's going to be awesome. You got Ozark's final season coming out on Netflix around the same time, like January 18th or something. That's going to be awesome. I'm actually showing my wife that show right now. We're on like season one, episode six or something. So she can be caught up when that season, last season comes out. So that's going to be really good. A lot of good TV and movies and shows coming out this year. It's going to be it's gonna be freaking sweet. You're going to have tons of cool stuff to watch. So I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited for UFC. The UFC is going to be nuts this year. You got they're they're kicking it off with uh, UFC 270 and Ganu versus uh, Cyril Gan for the heavyweight championship, which I think is going to be a, a hard test for Nganu. Uh, you know the guy; he's got the touch of death. He touches you, you're done. That's that's it. You know, and Cyril Gan is probably the most athletic heavyweight I've seen. You know, he he equates to a John Jones of the heavyweight division for me. But that's another thing too. Because supposedly the winner of Ninganu and Gone is going to fight John Jones at heavyweight. So that makes that super exciting. Uh, the 270 card for the hardcores is a great, it's got a great card. For the, you know, nonchalance, it's not too crazy. So the main event and co main event are the best fights on the card for a nonchalant, you know, UFC fan. You got Ninganu and Gone as the main event, and then you got Brandon Marino versus uh, Figueroa for the flyweight title. 
and they had the fight of the year, their first fight, and then Marino handled them the second fight. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Me personally, I think Brandon Marino's going to win again. I think he'll get it done. That kid is super good. Uh, but we'll see. You know, that's what's fun about MMA. You never know what's going to happen. With the Ngannou and, and Gone fight, I feel like uh, I feel like Ngannou might get it done just because he's got that touch of death. But if if Cyril Gone can, you know, stay close to him and not let him, you know, get that get his hands off, I, I think he'll be all right. I mean, we saw what Derek Lewis Derek Lewis did to Francis Ngannou and what Stipe did to Francis Ngannou, and of course Francis Ngannou improved. And ended up beating Stipe because he he changed and and figured out the MMA thing and not just all about hands, you know. So we'll see what happens. That's a it's a fun card. It'll be cool. Um, and then you got the the lightweight picture. Uh, Charles Oliveira just beat Dustin Poirier, and Justin Gaethje is the he's the next in line for the lightweight title, but. Charles Oliveira has made it very clear that he will push Justin Gaethje aside to get the red panty night against Conor McGregor. Which, for me, that's not a great matchup for Conor McGregor. I think Charles Oliveira will... He doesn't even need to strike with him. he just take him down and submit him within the first round, guaranteed. Now, if he's stupid and tries to keep it standing, like he did with Michael Chandler, I think Conor McGregor knock him out. I mean, Conor McGregor, McGregor can knock out anybody. He's got that that left hand full of dynamite so I don't know we'll see what happens there I hope they give Gaethje the, the fight against Oliveira and make Connor wait because Connor said he'll be able to go back to practice in April so that means June July for maybe a comeback fight and to me they just need to give him like a top 10 lightweight and and see if he still got it if he mops the floor with a top 10 like a like a 10 to 5 you know 10 9 8 7 6 one of those guys then then we'll see. Like Dan Hooker and Conor McGregor, like that would be a cool fight to see. But I think they need to give Conor McGregor like a warm up fight. He's been back twice. He hasn't he hasn't won since uh shit, when was he? I don't even remember. When was his last win? I think it was Cerrone. Cerrone at the beginning of what, twenty twenty? And then he came back and lost twice to Poirier. The second time, I mean Poirier was giving it to him and then his freaking ankle did the stanky leg. So yeah, I, I, if they're smart, they'll give him a uh, uh, a warm-up fight. And in my opinion, the dude is huge right now. He's like walking around at like 190. And I think the reason for that is because they're going to set up the Nate Diaz-Connor fight for his comeback. Nate Diaz is on his last fight of his contract. I think he has one more fight. And, and you make that trilogy fight before Nate Diaz runs out of his contract. That's what I think is going to happen. But we'll see. And that would be massive. Everybody knows that would be massive. Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor 3 would be Guy Jantor. So we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah. Uh, hopefully next week uh, I'll have a guest. Uh, we had to move some stuff around. I'm not planning for a guest next week, but if I can get one to move some things around and get in here, it'll be fun. We'll talk about some uh, stuff that has to do with that guest and revolves around that guest. And we'll go from there but this year is going to be cool i'm going to get a lot more guests uh i have a professional skateboarder coming in later in the later in the month which will be a really cool one um i have some friends that are going to come stop by and just talk to me about old stories and stuff like that and yeah 
going to be really fun. It's going to be a cool year of podcasting. Um, make sure you guys uh, give me a subscribe, a like, a follow on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Um, and make sure you go to fashionovamen.com and use my promo code. I will uh, gladly appreciate it. I get a percentage of that. So you're helping me out. You're supporting the podcast. I mean, they've already you know, kicked ass for me and allowed me to do things that I really wanted to do with buying my wife a car and making the kids get these great presents and just to make me happy. I got shirts and pants, you know, for, for dads and fathers and husbands. It's all about seeing your family happy that you were able to provide that for them. So when people help me to help provide that, you got my, you got me as a friend. Um, so yeah, guys, let's keep it together. Let's stay sober. Let's stay safe uh, and kick this 2022 off with a bang. As it always is, I'm Nick, and uh, we'll laugh about this tomorrow. <laughs>